Warhammer fantasy news, hobby, lore, and more. Welcome to the War Games Orchard with Nathan and GJ. Roll out the wanted posters. GJ's going rogue. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show, everybody. And it's going to be a bit of a weird show. However, contrary to the weirdness that you're usually de dealing with from us, this is not going to be necessarily weird in a good way, although then again it might be. The, you may have probably been wondering why it took so long for me to put out this episode. And the reason for that is that I've had some trouble getting into contact with Nathan for, well, for a little while now, actually. At first I assumed he was just busy or maybe he had some, some problems with Facebook because we usually contact each other via Facebook Messenger. But uh, I tried to reach out to him in various means, uh, Facebook, email, I even tried calling a couple of times. But I didn't get any contact with him and I really needed to get his uh, um, Patreon login because for some reason I had to remove the cookies from my computer and I got logged out from Patreon and then I couldn't publish any more episodes on Patreon uh, which was what I wanted to do a couple of weeks ago. I did an unboxing video of the Forces of Fantasy set. So uh, that got me wondering what is the best way to go about this in the future. And I thought the best way would probably be to just uh, be my own boss, sort of. Uh, what I mean by that is that I am going to take this opportunity to let you know that apart from the War Games Orchard, I will also be starting my own Warhammer Fantasy podcast. I've chosen for the title Forces of Fantasy because I think that will mostly encompass what we are going to talk about there. It's going to be uh, not just the Forces of Fantasy expansion set for Warhammer 1st Edition, of course, but basically all the different forces that have been released for not just Warhammer Fantasy, but also related games like Mordheim and Manowar. And I might also branch out and do some other things like, for example, the Lord of the Rings range, which is something that I also own a lot of miniatures for. So I have been uh, thinking about this and I, I didn't want to give Nathan a fair warning, of course, because I don't want to go around his back. Uh, I mean, we, we've been working together really well in the past and I'm just a bit frustrated that I can't reach him now. Now, I do not want to do this all by myself and, and start this episode, uh, this, this own podcast with my own episodes. So I will still be available for the War Games Orchard stuff. Um, should Nathan wish to require, wish to continue, of course... But yeah, having trouble reaching him is just uh, getting in the way of the practicality of making a weekly podcast. So what I'm going to do is, for Forces of Fantasy, I'm going to restart the episodes which I already did, which are about the first edition of Warhammer Fantasy, 
and then continue on from there. I'm going to edit them a little bit and then uh, put them out. I'll also probably basically keep the same format with a little bit of news and hobby at the start and then diving into the main topic at hand. I have also four forces of fantasy with a going to take a similar formula as with the Wargames Oysters podcast. There will also be a Patreon where you can support the show should you be inclined to do so. And there you will also find some bonus content. Now please, please, please do not stop supporting the Wargames Orchard, of course. Because, uh, like I said, I don't want to steal people away from this podcast. Uh, Wargames Orchard has, has meant a great deal to me first as a listener then as a guest and finally as a co-host um and i i will still be available like i said for more orchard stuff in the future so please uh keep supporting this show as well it's just that for practical reasons i'm going to branch out a little bit and take this whole look through Warhammer through the ages thing to a different channel. I've also gotten around to making a Facebook page and a Facebook group. If you search for Forces of Fantasy on Facebook, you can find the group there. I've recently just now published the first episode, which is basically an introductionary episode. I'm still waiting to hear from um, some of the musicians that I that I asked if I can uh, um, have some samples for their music. So there will probably not be another episode for another week or so, uh, depending on how this goes. I still need to do some some preliminary stuff uh, like making the introduction and uh, intro and outro to the podcast, stuff like that. But yeah, that's the plan for now, and that's what I will probably be doing uh, mostly from now on regarding podcasts. Now, I did promise you in the last episode that we were going to take a look at uh, what has been released for Warhammer Fest regarding Warhammer and Warhammer the Old World. And uh, I do want to keep my promises, so that's what we are going to do now, and that's what the rest of this episode will consist of. We're not going back in time, we're leaving the time machine at home for now, and uh, we're just going to take a look at the news and hobby section. Not everybody needs a hobby. A hobby is supposed to pass the time, not fill it. I did absolutely nothing, and it was everything that I thought it could be. Now regarding hobby, I've, I'm still in a very busy period in my life. Uh, I've got a lot of work on my plate, both for my regular day job as well as for my own company. I'm translating a book at the moment. Um, this is also a very busy period with giving lectures and presentations, which is also something that I do professionally. So uh, that leaves me not much time for painting. I did, however, manage to finish the Minotaurs that I had started a couple of months ago for the Call of the Crown challenge. I still had, I think, about 11 of them left. I did them all in one big batch. Uh, these are the ones that I had been looking forward to the most because these are mostly the 
metal ones that were around in fifth and sixth edition um some of them i had to improvise because especially for the ones with additional hand weapons i did not have all the arms and all the hand weapons there that i could use so i fortunately was able to scavenge some from the plastic minotaur kits and i also um, was able to make another minotaur from a sort of I think sort of Egyptian looking body I don't know what range it is from that I it, it was missing a head and two arms so I gave it or maybe one arm I don't even know I think it is one one of the original arms and was missing a hand or something like that so I uh, I turned it into a minotaur with a spare minotaur head that I had and a couple of bits for the arms gave it a tail which is the spare tail for the chaos uh, manticore the 8th edition plastic kit or 7th edition plastic kit and that one i also painted up with uh, or i also turned into an additional hand weapon minotaur i also managed to get in a game recently which was my beastman versus Ruland's skaven army we played 2000 points and well, he said if you want to play Beastman then basically you just add 10% to your army. I did have a spare Gorgon with me just in case I rolled up the correct spell so that my Shaman, I had only had one Shaman, so that my Shaman could turn himself into one or summon one. I don't even know what the spell is. Uh, he did not draw that one but he said well just field your extra Gorgon and... Uh, well, the game was really well balanced until I believe turn 3 or something where my Beast Lord got uh, killed by... I don't even remember what it was. He was in, in contact with a Screaming Bell unit and there was just too much Skaven stuff going on and then uh, my Gorgon started dying by getting Warp Lightning... Uh, no, what was it? Not Warp Lightning, the Doom Wheels in the, in the flank. And yeah, it basically went downhill from there. I had a unit of three Minotaurs that didn't do anything. Um, so I think for next time, I'm going to see if I can field an, an all or mostly Minotaur army. I'm really curious to see how that would go. Uh, probably not a good idea, but well, thematically, let's see if we can pull that off. I, I did paint all those min Minotaurs and I think they are by far my favorite Beastman units. Uh, the type of unit that I'd also like to field in other Chaos Armies uh, whenever I get the chance. Right now on the painting table I have Greece's Gold Tooth, which is going to be the final entry for my Ogre Kingdoms army. Uh, the one that I'm doing for the Call of the Crown Challenge that is, because uh, there's still a lot of things to do for my Ogre army. But yeah, uh, Greece's is... Um, uh, going to be the uh, he's around 500 points 500 something and uh, together with uh, six man eaters that makes up a nice 1000 points force i did have to take a mulligan last month i believe i told you that because i painted up the uh, empire halberdiers in the meantime uh, that i did as the swiss guard regiment or a more in-game term a northland colors so uh, yeah, that was uh, I, I had a deadline there because I wanted to to pose them and to get them done by the anniversary of the um, of the sack of Rome 
where the Swiss Guard, 42 of the Swiss Guard, were able to transport uh, the Pope to safety when Rome was being pillaged and plundered by mercenary forces. So to commemorate that event, I wanted to finish those in time for May the 6th. But I do believe that my last episode, my last podcast episode was after that. Although I'm not sure right now at the moment. So that's it for the personal hobby. Um, Let's take a look at what has been happening in the Warhammer community, the Warhammer community website. Because after the Warhammer Fest um, releases, the Warhammer Fest uh, previews, I should say, for mostly Warhammer the Old World, we did not really get very much that is of use to Warhammer Fantasy. But there are a lot of things that were released for the, or that were announced at the Warhammer Fest reveals that can be used for fantasy and I want to pick out a couple of things before we finally go to the old world which you probably know all about already because I've been so late in putting out this episode. Uh, First there are some Weird Hollow Warhammer Underworlds Weird Hollow miniatures that would provide I think some great character options for your uh, vampire counts or undead armies. Uh, these are three different raid-like miniatures, and if you are going to make something like a ghost force or a spirit force, uh, you can put them in as heroes. You can basically just say, well, this is a raid hero in 4th uh, edition or 5th edition uh, Undead or Vampire Counts. Uh, maybe even in later era of Vampire Counts, you can use them as a as maybe necromancer or something like that or a unit champion for your grave guard. I think these are mini- miniatures. Uh, I, say, I did say three. Are there three? Maybe even more. Maybe four or something. But uh, these are miniatures that if you want to, you can find a place for in your Warhammer army. Then again, there are a lot of these kinds of mini- mini- yeah, miniatures that have been released for the Nighthaunt range. They all sort of look the same. The details are a little bit different. So... You probably don't want to wait around for these if you want to do that. If you want to do something like that, you've probably already done it. Um, One thing that drew my attention was a nice little diorama that we are getting, I believe from Forge World, for the Lord of the Rings range. And this is the iconic scene where the four hobbits are hiding right at the beginning of the Fellowship of the Ring, the uh, the Fellowship movie. Uh, the hobbits are hiding underneath the root of a tree and uh, the black rider is dr- riding by on his horse and looking for them and then uh, well finally of course he takes off without finding them uh, i do plan on getting my hands on that miniature when i get the chance i'm not really sure how i feel about the way he's been painted up because the Black Rider is on a brown horse, and I do seem to remember from the movie that those horses were also black. But, well, that's just something that you can easily manage with a different paint job. Uh, it's a rather cool model. The faces of the Hobbits, uh, yeah, there's, there's something about those Hobbit miniatures. Maybe because they are so small that I think GW has a... Bit of a difficulty to really capture the essence of the faces of the actors in them. Some are better than others, but 
that's that's a problem that I've noticed from the very beginning with the Fellowship of the Ring with those 2001 miniatures. And that's something that still seems to be a problem uh, nowadays. So I don't know how the miniatures were made, if these were recycled faces or not. But uh, if they are original sculpts, then... Um, this, this is nothing, by the way, uh, not to to downgrade the effort of the sculptors because I definitely couldn't do what they are doing. I don't, I don't know who sculpted this. I couldn't find it. But uh, definitely not something that I could reproduce in any way. But uh, yeah, it's just something that I noticed. It's probably very difficult to do. And um, maybe it's just not up to me to critique it. But yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I noticed. Right, moving on to more stuff that you could maybe use for Warhammer Fantasy. Uh, remember when I said a couple of episodes ago that we got some new Cities of Sigmar miniatures, that I did not like them because they were a little bit too, uh, well, not Empire-like. Now we have some Cities of Sigmar cavalry that's been released, uh, or that's been announced. I keep saying released, I don't know why you still get on these miniatures the same type of shield with the the diamond shaped design where you can put your decals but these look a little bit more like empire knights um, i think you can use these as empire cavalry should you be inclined to do so they would require a different paint job they do look a little bit different from the standard empire horses and standard empire knights but if you just um, uh, swap out some weapon options, I don't know what's going to be on the sprues and, and everything. Swap out some weapon options and adjust the color schemes. Then I think these can stand in very well for one of the knightly orders if you want to, to add them. They do look a little bit like medium cavalry to me. Uh, the horses are barded, and some of the knights are fully armored, but there are also some with bare heads, and some that seem to have not a full plate armor on, but some some cloth in between there, basically just a breastplate and, and stuff like that. So, uh, you could probably use them as as knights, and I don't think that anybody would have a problem with that. But yeah, you probably um, might also want to stick with the original Empire Knights and see what, what happens when they come out. Uh, they do compare in this article the Cavaliers with the old Empire Knights. Uh, they say compared to their predecessors from the world that was, these Cavaliers are more Baroque, resplendent with banners, crested helmets and unusual details, such as decorative high-rise cantles and cantles got an asterisk because um, I thought that they were going to explain that word but even the most devoted of Sigma's riders need some back support after a hard day of running down marauders so that doesn't even say what cantles are it's just a word that I don't know so I'd have to look that up um, yeah these are Maybe of use, but yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, you, you probably couldn't use them as uh, Knights of the White Wolf because 
at least one of them has Sigmar in big letters on the cloth that's underneath his saddle. And uh, there's the S symbol for Sigmar that's uh, represent might be painted on, but it might also be embossed in the in the miniature itself that I see a couple of times. Um, also on the banner pole it says Sigmar. So these will probably feature better as uh, maybe Reichsgard or, or Knight's Panther, Knights of the Blazing Sun, but then you got this problem with the way they are dressed and armored. Maybe you can make your own knightly order of them. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to, to see if we can fit these in into a Warhammer army. I'm trying to see if I can I can be a little bit gracious to these new miniatures. But I feel I, I have a lot of trouble fitting them in. And that might also be a good thing because that would mean that these will be more for Age of Sigmar. And then we will get different units for the Empire. Or maybe these will be uh, written into the lore that we can use them for some reason. The next one I had bookmarked is that there are some Chaos uh, models that are being announced. Well, it's not just Chaos. There's also some, yeah, there's also some, uh, some other models. The first one is a Chaos Nurgle guy on a horse. Uh, you can use him probably as a sorcerer or as a regular lord or hero. Um, this is one of the miniatures that I like really well. The horse looks very run down and pestilent. It's got those three circles of Nurgle breaking out of his neck. Um, and yeah, the, the horse is, uh, is definitely not in a good shape. And the warrior itself on top of the horse. He is, uh, I don't, can't really see because he's, he's packed head to toe in armor. But it's probably also got a lot of things going on underneath that armor that are not very kosher. So what you can do with this model is you can just uh, grab him and use him as a Chaos Lord of Nurgle, Mounted Chaos Lord of Nurgle. A really nice model that I think any Chaos player can find a place for in his army. In the same article they also released a, a Flesh Eater Court miniature that you can use as a Ghoul King. He's got a sort of double sided scythe which is made from, by the looks of it, bones or, or large tusks or something like that on his shoulder. So if you want a Ghoul King or a Strigoi Vampire with a great weapon then this is definitely a miniature that you can, uh, you can use. There's also a Fire Slayer with two hammers. Um, this one looks very much like the Slayer miniature, the White Dwarf Slayer, uh, or the uh, the one that's been painted with the Orange Crest as a regular Slayer, where he jumps off of this dragon statue with two axes in, uh, above him. This one's got two hammers. I'm not sure how I feel about Slayers using hammers instead of axes. Probably not a miniature that you can use very well in a Warhammer Fantasy army. And then finally, there's a new Goblin Hero, a, a Gloomspipe Gits model, which is a... Uh, how do I describe him? He's a... I think a Goblin Hero or a Lord with additional hand weapon, two hand weapons, and he's got a big squig skull that's sitting around his neck. And there are some winged squigs, uh, bat-sized winged squigs that are fluttering about him. 
Uh, really nice model if you want to add another goblin hero to your army. And we all know that you can never have enough goblin heroes in your night goblin force. So uh, 3 out of 4, definitely not bad for these that you can use in Warhammer Fantasy. Speaking of heroes that you could use in Warhammer Fantasy, there is a new orc thing, I'm just going to call it, which is a giant boar that's ridden by one of the, uh, what are they called, the Gore Grunters, Art Boys, um, Auric War Clans, that's, that's just what the, what the, the faction is called. So this is a, a very big armored boar with uh, extra blades added to his tusks. There's a big orc on top. There's a, at least one more orc that's standing on a platform uh, near the hind legs. And this is a miniature that is probably way too big to use as a character miniature. But it could be a nice stand-in if you're inclined to use it for an orc chariot, an orc boar chariot. I think you can definitely get away with... Putting something like this on the table and saying this is going to be my boar chariot. It's got the two crew members and that single boar is big enough and armored enough to count as a chariot. Um, you could even use it as a hero or a lord in chariot. And you should just take the rider as the, the one that's uh, the big boss. Then we are getting to, oh, I, I thought we were getting to the old world, but uh, not quite yet. There is going to be a new Age of Sigmar box set, uh, Warcry box set, which contains Stormcast Eternals, which of course don't really interest us because they have no function in Warhammer Fantasy whatsoever. But they do also include some ghouls, and there are some rather odd looking creatures here. There are some things that you can definitely recognize as regular ghouls, things that you can add to your vampire counts ghouls just to add some variation and character. Um, these look like ghouls. You expect, look like how you expect ghouls to look. Uh, pale, they've got sharp teeth, They're, they've got bones poking through their skin, stuff like that. Uh, and there are also some Character options in there uh, that if you want to do a Strigoi vampire army list, for example, you can use a couple of these. And there are also some werewolf type things, or basically a cross between, I think, a ghoul and a wolf and a baboon, maybe, looks like. I think you could use these as direwolf stand-ins if you want to, um, for example, add some character there to your... Um, to your to your Strigoi army list or your Ghoul King army list and you want your direwolves to also look a little bit more ghoulish you can probably put in a couple of these and use them as doom wolves um, that's what I would suggest in this case and now finally we are getting to the old world news we have seen a new Bretonian hero and a new Tomb King hero both of these characters are on foot and they both look pretty decent. Uh, these are miniatures that I wouldn't mind putting in my armies. The Tomb King to start with is a... Uh, he's got an additional hand weapon, at least he's got a, a Kopesh, one of those Egyptian curved swords in one hand and a sort of scepter in the other. 
um, he's uh, he's looking and he's pointing and uh, well, he's, he's got the most of it is the classical color scheme with the uh, red and turquoise, the dark red, burgundy and turquoise. Is it burgundy? I don't know. Uh, dark red and turquoise uh, that. Um, uh, with with the inlaid uh, gems and stuff like that and some black for the clothes and a lot of gold of course they painted his skin with I think this is one of those uh, pre-contrast paint contrast the, the uh, what is it Hecrate flame or something like that the the green one it's, it's got a bit of a, of a pale green tinge there uh, whereas the Tomb Kings used to have a more parchment like grayish brown skin uh, I probably if I'm going to get this miniature going to paint them up with those same gray brown skin tones because well that's the way that my other tomb kings are also painted up on my lish priests so uh, yeah other than that um, not much to say about him he's got a lot of details going on so this is this is definitely fitting with the trend that all of these miniatures as they are released are getting more and more detailed uh, he is portrayed, I believe, on a 25mm base, as is the Bretonian hero, the questing knight hero. Um, this is a little bit more of a weird one, because there is something dangling from his his scabbard, uh, which I think is supposed to be a... a um, what's it called? Uh, a lantern with some candles in it, but the candles are poking out on all sides, so I don't know if this is supposed to be something like... A single candle that is inside the lantern or if that uh, and then that I just uh, reproduce it four times so that it looks like multiple candles sticking out from the sides of that this is really multiple candles sticking out from the sides I don't know how this is supposed to work uh, he does have his questing knight backpack on his back and I'm also happy to see that he's got the Fleur de Lis symbol there, which in 4th edition and 5th edition, 5th edition I should say, 5th edition Bretonia, the Fleur de Lis was the symbol for the quest and um, I believe in 6th edition it became more localized or even general for Bretonia that uh, even regular knights could have the Fleur de Lis symbol. There is uh, sadly a rather unfortunate orc that's got the two-handed sword poking through his eye and out of his mouth and it's just uh, sitting there at the base um, yeah the knight is looking uh, really uh, self-satisfied for having killed this orc and he's, he's you can you cannot see it because of his helmeted head but he's got a look that seems to say uh, who is going to be next so these miniatures are the first miniatures that we see for the Bretonian and Tomb Kings ranges and we also know from the video that they released that Bretonia and Tomb Kings are going to be the first armies that are going to be released. They also said some extra things there. For example they said we will be having both returning kits and we will be having new resin kits and new plastic kits. Sadly, no new metal kits. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work with returning metal kits, but I believe that all the metal stuff near the end has already been turned into fine cast. So, uh, the Bretonian Paladin, he also has an alternative head option that was released, uh, re revealed in the video. They, don't, they didn't put it on the Warhammer community website. 
uh, an alternative head where he is unhelmeted. Um, there might be an indication here that Bretonius versus Doom Kings are going to be the first two armies. Um, it might even be a starter set, although I've also heard that they will probably not so much release starter sets because the game is uh, probably only going to be played by people who already know the rules and uh, or already have armies so they are not going to do a starter set with a rulebook and stuff but more like um, sort of campaign boxes or, or uh, two force boxes where you can either buy the, the box and have all the miniatures for yourself or you can uh, buy two boxes and split them with a friend or you buy a box and a friend buys a box and you both split them down the middle so that you have uh, a large starting force furthermore they did say and, I, and i'm reading this all from my notes that i took a couple of weeks ago uh, and, and from what i remembered so i might not be complete here but they did say that the game will be primarily set in the geographical location of the old world so yeah, the game is going to be called The Old World and Old World can also refer to uh, what Games Workshop also calls the world that was. So the entire Warhammer Fantasy world, including Lustria and Araby and Cathay and that sort of stuff. But they said the world will be, uh, the, the focus for the game will be primarily in the actual old world and the armies that are there. And also the armies that will have some influence there, which I think is going to be basically every army. Although I'm not quite sure about Lizardmen because I don't really know of many Lizardmen raids to the old world. Of course, High Elves and Dark Elves, they have enclaves over there. And uh, the Tomb Kings have raided there and then Chaos is, is going to uh, invade a couple of times, especially now with the upcoming Great War against Chaos, which the game will be set a little bit uh, before that in the time of the three emperors we already knew that but that has been confirmed once again we will get new named characters as well as old named characters that were alive at the time which is good because a lot of these characters have had their lifespans uh, enhanced or, or either naturally or magically because for example some of the dwarf characters were around and definitely some of the high elf characters and there are probably also some uh, other characters that you can find in this game that will get re-released so looking forward to that looking forward to see which miniatures they're going to put out over there they also assured us that every army that was available for 8th edition will be playable. I guess that also includes Chaos Dwarves because they did get that Tamorkan book, although they did not get an official army book. Uh, they sort of never got an official army book. Uh, they got an official list in the uh, Ravening Hordes. And even the 4th edition Chaos Dwarf army book was called White Dwarf Presents Chaos Dwarves. So yeah. Um, Chaos Dwarves definitely an army that's got a lot of love and a big cult following but it seems to be one of those armies that GW constantly uh, ignores or tries to sidestep though yeah maybe we will get some changes with the old world uh, we also got to hear that there will be a sort of army book equivalent now I'm not sure what exactly it was that they said about that. I, I've heard not just what they said, but I've also heard some rumors. So maybe that this is going to be more like um, there will be some some 
things out there for your armies, but it will also be mostly digital updates, stuff like that. Uh, I'm not sure how this is going to play out, so I think we'll just have to see. It's been too long ago since I saw that video to uh, remember what I meant by my note here of army book equivalent in uh, quotation marks. Uh, good news is that the Necrosphinx kit has been confirmed to return, uh, which is one of those Tomb Kings kits that go for a lot of money. Um, probably uh, the price of a, a kidney or a firstborn. Well, maybe not quite that high, but yeah, still some of those kits are very valuable on the market and they have been for quite some time now, even before COVID. Um, so good to see that these return and I think GW could have made a lot of money if they had just kept them in the range and just uh, allowed people even though they didn't support the game to still buy the miniatures we get some new artwork uh, they got a stream a twitch stream where they uh, displayed some of that artwork over there so if you go to uh, warhammer tv twitch twitch.tv uh, then you can find the, the video there i'll put the link in the show notes that's basically all I've written down and all I've remember from the Warhammer Fest reveals. Uh, I am definitely curious to see what they are going to do with the old world. And even if the old world is not going to be something that will tickle my fancy, I'm still probably going to use some of the miniatures and uh, use them in my regular games of Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Because if the last 10 years have showed us anything, it's that... We don't really need um, Games Workshop to have a good time. Now, of course, we do need Games Workshop because they have made the rules and the miniatures that we love and enjoy. But even though they don't support it anymore, we can still enjoy those old games. And I'm very happy to see that there's a growing community out there that's either rediscovering these old games from their childhood or are discovering them for the first time. And I do hope that uh, this podcast, The Wargames Orchard, as well as my own new podcast, Forces of Fantasy, will help and inspire people and keep people motivated to explore this uh, enormous world of Warhammer Fantasy and all the different games that you can play in this world, in this setting, all the things you can do and just... Help people uh, enjoy the game and get those creative juices flowing. Alright, that's going to be it for now and probably also for the foreseeable future. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not sure how this is going to go with the Wargames Orchard at the moment. Because uh, well, since I've been carrying the show for the past couple of months. And this is no complaint because I've happily done so. It's just purely for practical reasons that I'm going to start this new podcast. So definitely no hard feelings towards anyone involved with the show, especially not the listeners. I'm really grateful for all the feedback you've given and uh, I will definitely still be a part of the community and uh, probably also um, be involved with the Wargames Orchard podcast uh, should we find some new impetus to to do some more things with it uh, for now purely for practical reasons i'm going to pour over to the forces of fantasy podcast 
And I sincerely hope to see you all there. And if you are going to go over there to check it out, then uh, once again, no hard feelings. And then we will see each other on this podcast or in the uh, Wargames Orchard Facebook group. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening. You can connect with us on Instagram or email us at wargamesorchard at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard. Know ye now, the time of mortals has come to an end.